Welcome to Global Outpouring. I'm Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. And this is a wonderful time to be together just after the new era of Pentecost has begun. And we have with us today one of our staff members, Tabitha or Tabby Peter. And she has just had a prophetic dream, a very prophetic dream, just last night. And we felt like we needed to just jump on this thing while it's hot and get her to share it with you. Tabby, we're so glad to have you with us today. Tell us a little about yourself. I was born and raised in Iowa, and... uh I felt to come down to help out with global outpouring um, from a while back, and so here I am. So, what's, you, what's your what's your history with this ministry? How did you, oh. how did you get connected here? All right, so I got connected through my grandma. Um, she used to take me when I was younger, and I would every time I came down to, uh, she'd take me to the world conventions. And it was such a freedom expression of an expression of worship, and and it's it's something that I had not really seen anywhere else in my life. So every time that she would take me to a world convention, I there was a hunger that stirred up in me for more. What is this? This is like legit. This is real. I want more of this because it's it's like a manifestation of um. The glory, the presence, the the atmosphere is just so charged. And um, there was a while that I was away for a little bit when I was around my teen years, but then Grandma started bringing me back again. And I just got hooked where I wanted to come to a convention instead of go with my family on vacation. I was just like, anytime I'd end up going with my family, I'd be like, oh, but what are they doing? What's going on? What's God doing? What's he saying? How's he moving? I want to be on the front lines. Um, and it just, the hunger grew and I, I had to be at convention. I, I told my family, I'm sorry, but I have to go. And being at world convention, then I started getting into their, um, youth, re- youth group, their, uh, generations awakening youth retreat. And I got more involved and it's just that, it's just that hunger build up in me, a more desire of the things of God, of the things of heaven, and which brought me here to Inquitall Valley to help out with the ministry, help out with global outpouring. Um, a, a hunger and a desire to learn more and to serve, to be a servant. Wow, we really appreciate you being here too. You, Amen. You have so exemplified to us the the heart of the handmaiden, the heart of the servant. You've just never said no to anything that we've, we've asked <laughs> you to tackle. Even if you didn't know what you were doing, you were willing to learn. That, that's a real traits of a real overcomer. <laughs> that's it. And and this whole discipleship thing that Jesus put out for his disciples. It was all about becoming like him. That's right. It's Mm -hmm. about becoming like him. And he is the one who overcame the world. Mm -hmm. He promised us before he went to heaven, in the world, you shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I have overcome. He is the overcomer. And when we invite him to come and live inside of us, Mm. that gives us what we need to be able to be overcomers. And and we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimony. And we, we lay down our lives for him because he laid down his life for us. We give our lives for him. That's right. Yes. And, and the more we give our lives for him, 
the more his workings in us, the more we hear his voice, the more we're intimate with him. It's like the, the 12 disciples were, were the inner core of Jesus' ministry mm. on the earth. And you can read later, there were other disciples that were sent forth. Many sent out and did miracles in his name and that. But when Jesus says, those that eat my body and drink my blood, and that's just really dying with the Lord, yeah. you know, in the communion. And, and many of them went away because there was a price higher than what they were willing to pay. And in ministry, you know, it's, there are those, those in ministry, but there are those that are really hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Amen. Amen. And, and that's, what, that's what we're seeing with the people that, that are attracted to this ministry are those that are hungering and thirsting for more of God. They want something more. I know that when I first met Sister Gwen Shaw, our, the founder of this ministry, when it was called End Time Handmaidens and Servants, or even just End Time Handmaidens in those days, there was something that went off inside of me that I didn't understand. Uh, I, but I realized that I was resonating with it. Yeah. I was resonating in the spirit. There was something inside of me in my spirit that was just vibrating with what I was hearing from the 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 people who were ministering and and you know it just changed my life i knew that there was something about these people that had something to do with mm -hmm. me and so god just led one step at a time one step at a time and and now i'm the president wow so anyway um tabby tell us about this dream that you had last night all right so from what i can remember is I started out on the rooftops in big cities. There's like a big city and there was a battlefield going on at the on the rooftops and I could fly around and do stuff and uh, it was it was an intense moment and then um all of a sudden I was inside this building that was like a like a school or an auditorium just a place where people can gather. There's um, corridors, but also big open spaces and whatnot, like a lobby hall or something. And I was in it, and there was it was dark in the building, and I was calling out to people, and I, I felt like someone was in here, and I was calling out, is anyone in here? Is anyone here at all? And all of a sudden, I hear a cry way, way at the back of the building. I hear this cry. So I start walking toward it, and as I walking toward and listening for this person and shouting out, like, where are you? Um, I see this baby that's on the floor and I pick up the baby and the baby's not crying. Um, but I, I pick up the baby and I keep looking for this person I'm hearing. I finally find this person and um, I realize that the baby and this person have been abandoned. And this person that's on the ground, he's a cripple. He can't he can't walk. There's something wrong with his legs. He can't help himself. He, he can't help himself. Um, he's just like just been crawling along with his arms. <laughs> so I help him I, I pick him up he can lean on me and uh, we start walking and all of a sudden I see this other person on the floor and he looks like a, a dead man like he's just laying there not moving at all so I, I lay down this crippled man and I give him the baby and I <laughs> I'm being honest I say you know if you abandon this child if you leave this baby I'm gonna kill you <laughs> so then I start going to this other man that looks like he's dead I, I pick him up and he's, to me, it's like, it's a grown man, but he's so light and it's, it's effortless. And I bring him to a water fountain and I try to feed him water, get water into him. But, um, the only way that he could get water was through 
he had earphones, like an earbud, and I put the water on the earbud um, to. It's a dream. So I put the water on the earbud <laughs> to get it into him, and the water is frozen at first. It, it's not going. It's not seeping in. So I have to. I was blowing on it with my breath, trying to heat it up, and then finally it, the ice started to melt and it started to seep in. And um, so I, I pick up this guy and I continue walking. And all of a sudden, there's a group of people that wasn't there before, and they're just in a frantic, um, it's very panicky, and they're all trying to find the exit. And the direction they're going, there's more lights on in the direction they're going, but they're very panicky. And all of a sudden, I see kind of like a, a crowd of cheerleaders moving towards that direction, and I'm crying out and saying, hey, hey, someone help me, someone help me, hey, someone help me, I got people here that need to be you know, picked up to save. And only one person out of the crowd um, looked at me, and it was one of the cheerleaders, and it was just such a brief moment. Uh, she looked at me. And then she turned around and kept walking toward the crowd. And the moment she looked at me and turned around and kept walking, I shouted out and I said, you! And I knew that she could see me. I mean, I knew she could hear me out of all that mass confusion. Um, I knew she could hear me in the crowd. I said, you! Look at all these people. If it was you lying on the floor here, all these people would have walked by and you would have died. So help me pick up this man and take him out. So she she was looking at me like, oh, you know, like what do I do? And she's like crying and oh, and uh, I and then I woke up. So what I can understand um, from what I'm getting from the dream is, uh, you know, where the especially the confusing part where I'm feeding water to the sky through an uh, a headphone through an earpiece is that he's needing that spirit. He's needing that word of God because he's dead. Like he's a dead man, he's spiritually dead. And he's just lying there. And it's it's the only way he can get life into him is that is by the spirit and the word. And um, that's why I was feeding him that water. No, but breathing on it. Well, I had to breathe on it. So breathing, the <laughs> breath is, is the same word as spirit. Yeah, in, bo in both, yeah, in, in that's in Hebrew, and then in Greek it's pneuma. So it's spirit and breath and wind are all the same word mm. in those two. I mean, they're one word in the, each of those two languages, and so you have the the picture of breath, your spirit as the Holy Spirit is breathing through you. I think that's also intercession. Yeah. Well, I had to work at it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't just melting right away. Yeah, I'd say that intercession, standing in that gap saying, okay, I'm not going to let you freeze over. You know, yeah. I keep doing this until there's life in you. <laughs> and and how many people, their ears are frozen. They can't hear. Yeah, they can't hear. Yeah. Keep going. Um, so then uh, when I saw the, the crowd, the masses of crowd that was leaving and the cheerleaders, I got the impression that those were people who believed in Jesus, but they were fans of Jesus and not actual followers. So it's like people who know enough that are saved, but um, they they don't actually know what's happening in these end times. They're, they're in a state of confusion. They don't, like a, a flock without a shepherd, they don't really get it. And... Uh, and what really hit me, which, which grieved me, was that when I was calling out to these people for help, is only one person out of that whole massive crowd looked. And even when they looked, for that briefest of second, they turned away and kept going again. But, um, you know, it's like 
people, fans of Jesus, they need that. They need a strong leader. They need someone who can rise and and guide them So and, and pray for them that Jesus will manifest in them so that in these end times that self-preservation won't take over so they won't think just about me. You know, like, I need to get out of here. I'm sorry if your leg's broken, but I need to go because I might die if I help you. Um, but, you know... Yeah, not loving your life unto the death. <laughs> right. No. That's, you got to be an overcomer. <laughs> so, and that was the, the impression is these people had enough to be saved, but not enough to be overcomers, Ooh. you wow. know, by the blood of the lamb. You know, their, yeah. their priorities were very earth earthly minded and not kingdom heavenly minded. Yeah. But um, I was thinking I need to pass this man out that I was holding so I could go back for the crippled and the baby. <laughs> so you've got different symbols in your dream of different groups of people. I think each individual that you're that you're dealing with mm. really represents groups. Yeah. Mm. I, I think so, so so what d- d- describe for me what the Holy Spirit is showing you about what each of these individuals represents. Well, okay, so obviously the man that I found dead on the ground, he was a spiritually dead person. I mean, it's just he had he had to be prayed for, he had to be his soul had to be brought into the kingdom. He had to be saved completely. Um the crippled man that I that I first heard his cry, it, I think it's someone who knows that he needs to be saved, but he doesn't understand what it why um he because he was way at the far back it it was like a man that he knew he was a sinner he knew he needed to be saved but he didn't understand the functioning of it he he didn't get all like well you know i know that i'm not a good person but you know what what is there though what what am i what's my goal what am i fighting for so he was crippled he did he was helpless he was helpless he couldn't do anything for himself he needed your help so he was crying for help he was crying for help because he knew he needed help (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and and those people are the first ones that we're drawn to yes Hmm. and and it's interesting because the thing is i heard his voice first but i saw the baby first right and to me, I feel like the baby is the cry of the innocent, the children, the people who really don't have a voice, and that they're completely, utterly defenseless, completely innocent, and they need to they they need to be carried. Yeah, um, they're also helpless. They're also helpless. And the thing is, I I could have easily have not even noticed that because the baby was abandoned, lying on the floor wasn't really crying out. I mean, the baby was alive, but wasn't really crying out just completely by itself. And I was like, wow, it's a miracle I even saw that baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pick <Wow>. it up. <laughs> um, so, and then the, uh, obviously the groups of people um, that were just running by, just trying to self-preservation. I believe the, like what I said, the, the cheerleaders, those are fans of Jesus. They really like Jesus. They think he's a cool guy, but they're more like, well, I'll be a good person and that's good enough. You know, Jesus is cool. I'll sing his songs and I'll buy his merchandise. Um, but, you know, commitment, but actual commitment, you know, it's for them. It might be more like a click. Or mm-hmm. a, like a little like I'm part of this group, you yeah, know. A, I'm exclusive. A, a social yeah. church. <laughs> a so, social church. Yeah. Yeah. Jumping on church. the bandwagon, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. My friends are doing this. I can do this too. Yeah. yeah. So, this is fun. 
you know, I, I, I definitely think those are people who possibly follow him more like as of a trend or like, this is cool to follow Jesus, you know, it, and it makes me feel more like I'm righteous because <laughs> I follow him and obey all these rules and I'm not doing drugs or alcohol or, but then when it actually comes to, well, are you helping the poor? Are you helping your neighbor? Are you, who are you putting first? And then it's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. I'm a Christian in name. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, and yeah, I, th- I think that's that was the main groups that I was seeing there. But the bottom line is that God brought you to this place to encounter these people. Yeah. And if I recall, when you told the story earlier, uh, you you talked like you were flying there. Yeah. Um, well, especially when I was on, because before I was in the building, I was on the rooftops. And I, I mean, there, there was a battle going on, but this might sound weird, but I was enjoying myself while this battle was going on. <laughs> I was having a great time. I was, I was flying. I was absolutely free. Um, I was just moving and going and I was hitting my targets. Uh, it felt really good. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm like in a building and I knew I still had my wings because I was actually thinking when I first saw um, the first crippled man and the baby, I was thinking, I wonder if I can like fly as I'm holding all this weight. But yeah, it, there was a, a free moment. And I, in my dream, I found myself when I was, especially when I was dealing with these people, a lot more bold than I, uh, like, am in what you would see me as in real life. Because I, you know, like, when the crippled man, when I gave him the baby to pick up the dead guy, you know, I was like, if you if you leave that baby, if you leave that child, I'll kill you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to tell someone in real life, hey, I'm going to kill you, you know? <laughs> um, or but like, it was an authority. It was. It was an authority. I was letting him know that I am saving your life you absolutely have no right to drop that kid's life. You know, like... Um, Making somebody responsible. Yeah. Uh, it makes me think of the man who had the very big debt. And the right. master came and he's like, oh, you need to pay me this debt. I'm going to throw you in jail. He's like, oh, please don't throw me in jail. I don't have it. I'll make sure I get it for you. Da-da-da-da. And so the master felt very forgiving. It's like, okay, okay, okay. I'll have mercy on you. I'll let you go debt free blessings on you and the guy's like oh so amazing and then he the guy who got off debt free sees someone who doesn't owe him very much and is like yeah give me my money you know and throws him in jail and throws his whole family in jail and uh the master finds out about it and is like you you wicked servant i forgave you all of this junk i forgave all of that and look at you turn around and condemn someone else and throw them in jail and uh so I kind of get so I'm turning you over to the tormentors, right? So I'm turning you over now because you you judged, and here's the judgment that you you dealt out upon yourself. So, so that's a lesson in if you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. You have to forgive. I mean, that's that's a message that we preach all the time. If you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive because if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Jesus said that. Right after he taught the disciples the the Lord's Prayer, you know, part of the Lord's Prayer is forgive us our debts or our trespasses Mm -hmm. as we in the the Greek, it's as we have forgiven those who trespass against us or or who are our debtors. 
and and so we have to already have forgiven. And then he goes on a couple verses later and says, and if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. Yeah. So that's a critical message that we don't hear preached enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are people who have had experiences of of seeing hell and many of them come back telling about how they've seen Christians in hell and the reason why they're there is because they wouldn't forgive. Mm. So that's such a critical piece and that's one of the devil's biggest lies. He tries to keep that hidden from us that that okay if if we just behave ourselves well then then we'll get to heaven but it's critical that we forgive because in our heads we think well I'm a good person but um, you know, that person did something really bad to me, and it so wounded me that I can't forgive. It's like a justification. Right, yeah. right. Well, you know, they, they should burn in hell for what they did to me. <laughs> but, but but having that kind of bitterness is like drinking a cup of poison, hoping mm-hmm. this, that the other person dies from it. That's right. Mm-hmm. And all it does is kill you. So, you know... God is trying to draw us out of our wounds. And the best way to get free of the pain is to forgive the person who wounded us. Hmm. It's not that that person shouldn't necessarily experience justice. There needs to be justice. But there there needs to be forgiveness in our hearts that sets us free. Because if, if, if that person whether they go to prison or don't go to prison for what they did to us, we're in prison if we don't forgive. That's right. And we'll be in prison the rest of our lives and go to hell and be in prison, which is a much worse prison. But God sent his son because he loved us. He sent his son because he loved the world so much. And Jesus loves us so much that he spent it all so that we could be saved from hell so that we could be delivered from our pain, it, whether it's physical pain or, or soul pain, a heart pain, emotional pain, all of the pains. And sometimes the physical pain comes because of the emotional pain. Mm-hmm. And, and, and all of those things are related to the death that comes from sin. The wages of sin is death. When God spoke to Adam and Eve and said, don't eat from that tree, Mm-hmm. It's poison. It'll kill you. And they went ahead and ate it because they were told something that made them doubt God. Yeah. And in their doubting, it created an unbelief that maybe he really wasn't saying the truth. That maybe maybe he had some other agenda, a hidden agenda. And, well, yeah, God has hidden agendas, but they're all for our good, not for, yeah. for, not for evil. They're for our good. He's got, he's got writings. He, he, he wrote a book on each and every one of us before we were ever born. He wrote all the possibilities of the things that we could be in him when we let him into our lives, when we let him begin to live his life through us, when we begin to let him uh, take out the baggage from us. Mm. So that we can fly. That's right. it, this, mm-hmm. this whole flying thing to me as a part of your dream, that flying is, is what you have 
when you are in an intimate relationship with your father and all is right with God, where, where your sins are forgiven and you're walking in relationship and you're walking in, in the fullness and, and growing into that maturity of the, the sons of God that are able to step up into the family business. And, you know, that's what that flying is to me, that, that, mm. you're, that you're in that spiritual maturity that enables you to have that kind of authority where you can yes. speak that way and where you can where you where you're strong enough to pick up a baby and to pick up a crippled man and to pick up a dead man and and they're light to you because because you have the strength of the relationship of the almighty amen yes. living inside of you that's amen. right that's right wow. <laughs> hallelujah <laughs> why, don't you, why don't you share your plastic bag oh yeah so um when when we were living in niagara falls um it's very windy there, and the wind was just blowing strongly, and I stepped out into the backyard, and I, I looked up, and I saw this plastic bag flying through the air, and I thought, this is a sermon illustration, but it's I'm not sure what it really is. really up there in the air. It was one. way up high, probably eh, 20 feet or so flying in the air, and uh, so I heard this question in my spirit, and the question was, what is unique about that plastic bag that gives it the ability to fly? And I answered, it's empty. It doesn't have any baggage. So when, when we are emptied of self, and that's something that the Holy Spirit works in us in this whole, in his discipleship program. He has a discipleship program to take us from being that baby and being that cripple and being that dead person and being that fan. And he has this discipleship program that, that is, is what Tabby's vision or dream was in the beginning, that, that she was flying with him and, and just uh, enjoying the freedom uh, from, from her past, you know, the freedom from the things that had, that had kept her down in, in, in her earlier days. She, she has, she's walked with the Lord for, for years now, and she's, she's put the word of God into her, and she's lived the life of the Spirit and become a woman of prayer. And, uh, you know, that's, that's the kinds of things that is, that is what the Holy Spirit wants to work in us to make us overcomers, because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world so that we can overcome fear. Whatever fear is trying to take us, you know, if, if, uh, if you have the fear of death, it brings you into bondage, according to Hebrews chapter two. That's right. Mm -hmm. and, and so it, it's that maturing that enables up, us to step up and be able to minister and bring people out of babyhood and bring people out of their crippledness and bring people out of their deadness and inability to even hear and bring people out of this this uh, fan position where there's they they like Jesus but there's no commitment. Mm -hmm. So uh, I really appreciate th that you've shared that with us today, Tabby, and um, I just I want to give you an opportunity to share anything else that might be on your heart and anything uh, that the Lord leads you. Um, as I been talking about this dream thinking about it as I woke up it reminded me of another dream actually that I had a few years back probably between 2013 2015 in that time area and it was 
there was another battle going on and the setting was kind of more of an ancient ruins kind of thing but the enemy there was a lot of people who had wings and were flying around and the enemy's goal was to shoot these nets up to to capture the people to drag them down and to cut off their wings mm. so in a Back then, I didn't understand. <laughs> you know, I, I I didn't understand what that would mean. You know, that you do now. That I would do. Yeah, that I would now. Uh, I haven't thought of this dream forever. Wow. Um, and now that I'm looking at it, is yeah. In this time, the enemy is really wanting to cut off people's wings with with the nets, with the baggage, with mm-hmm. uh, to bring into remembrance. So oh, this was your past, or oh, you can't do this because you're not smart enough, or you know whatever the enemy whispers in your ear and um that's that's not what god's saying though you know because god's the one who gave you the wings in the first place he's not he doesn't want you to chop off them you know he has plans to prosper you that are so far beyond our imagination uh so that just kind of reminded me of that yeah amen Amen. So would you recommend that people come to this convention that we're about to have July 7th through the 10th at the Hyatt Regency Hotel in Dallas-Fort Worth Airport? Yes. (laughs) In a word? (laughs) I would definitely, definitely. You know, there is something about the brethren gathering together to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And we're not to forsake that. And there's something about doing that there's so many people praying interceding for this global outpouring for the the convention there's so many there's so much prayer that goes into this and the speakers and their ministry so much prayer that goes into it waiting before the lord seeking what it what is the father saying what is on the father's heart it's not to promote anyone's self it's all to promote the kingdom of god what is the kingdom what does that look like what are what is our job to do to bring the kingdom here and now on earth amen, amen. good word good word just to let you know who our speakers are going to be we will have jeremiah johnson and uh, dr mark bristow who was with us on last week's podcast and uh, we'll have Dr. Tony Kemp and Patricia King and Mary Lois Little and myself. And uh, we're just going to have awesome times of worship. We're going to just blow the doors off. Uh, at this point, it looks like we'll have to do some social distancing. But but this <laughs> this event is the first event that's being held at this hotel since the lockdown. And I feel like we're coming in with a breaker anointing. Mm-hmm. And we need all the folks that have that breaker anointing to rise up and come and join us and bring their personal anointing. If you have a breaker anointing, if you're an intercessor, if you uh, just are passionate about the Lord, if you're a passionate worshiper of the Lord, if you're a missionary, if you're a revivalist, all all of these people uh, belong at this convention, and it's for all generations. We that's right. We have from from a nursery up to the 90s, and there's a place for everybody, and and we we need all of you to participate and bring your personal anointing to add to the corporate anointing as as we see this great global outpouring beginning to happen. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread the good news of God's global outpouring. 
Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, connect with us, get a link to our Facebook page and our YouTube channel. You can browse our online bookstore for amazing anointed material. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence. Thank you.